Hello, Go Church family, and welcome to week one of our message, Good Company. This is Roy, and I'm sitting here with Gilbert. Hey, Go Church family. So Gilbert, what are we talking about this week? This week, we are starting in part one of Good Company. So we're really going to dig deep into the subject of having good company on the inside. That was a great big Sunday, by the way. It was, right? So we're going to dig deeper into things that you mentioned on the big Sunday, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. So first thing I want to talk about is, you know, what is the purpose of this message? Why are we talking about church? Why are we talking about belong? Why are we talking about good company? And really what we, what we want to do or we, what we want to see is that we want everyone at Go Church to know that God accomplishes things through relationships and that he, we can only accomplish his plan through fellowship. And that's how he designed it. He never designed for us to be alone, but he designed for us to walk out his plan in fellowship with others. So this week, we're going to dig deeper into the subject of fellowship with God. Exactly. And I think we had, I had mentioned this last month in the message when we were talking about love like Jesus, was that I was talking to all the grow group members that before you can achieve anything in the ministry or doing any plan that God has for you, you first have to spend time with God, fellowship sure. with God, to hear from God that when we spend time in the Bible in the morning, this is not just us picking up a Bible to read it. The point is that this is an intimate time, a time of covenant fellowship, I'm going to call it, yeah. where we spend time with God one-on-one in this intimate, specific time where he speaks to us, that the words that's written are him speaking to us now. These are the words that give us faith to be able to achieve the things that God has called us to do. Exactly. So, you know, that time in the morning is very special for me as well. And I realized something that, you know, I don't like calling it, you know, I'm going to wake up and read my Bible. It's not what I'm doing. I, I, I'd rather say, I'm going to spend time with God. You know, I'm going to have yes. breakfast with him. I'm going to have a time in the morning with him. And, you know, in short, you could call it, you know, spending time with God, waiting on God, um, and really being with him, you know, reading our Bible is one of the ways that he talks to us. You know, we can also talk to him in prayer. Uh, we can spend time enjoying ourselves, praising him in the morning. And there's so many ways to spend time with God. It can look like many different things, but this is, this is really what, what we're talking about today is having that good company on the inside. You mentioned something really important is that, uh, you know, it's not enough just serving God, right? Before we go into a place of service or helping others uh, see God, we need to be able to also have our own relationship with him. So Pastor Matt Beamer says something really interesting and he calls this in a very nice way, which is, you know, when we are serving God or, or in the ministry or doing ministry stuff, it's like being in the family business, right? But it's only family business because it's family. That means that you also spend time with your family outside of family business. You need to have a relationship with your family. So there are different elements to it, but you can't just be in the family business and never have relationship time or enjoyment time with your family. That doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if, if we were to think about it this way, 
we are children of God. We yeah. are sons. You know, we can come boldly into his presence as sons, just like Jesus is. And what father, even on a worldly stance and, and in the, the world that we live in now, what father doesn't want to spend time with his son? And what son wouldn't want to spend time with his father? Yeah. That's the part where every father would guide his son. And people that are listening right now that have children, you know that you would guide your child every day. When he comes to spend time with you, you guide him because you love him and you know what's best for him or for her. And how much greater is it that we can come boldly as the children of the creator of all this earth with any issue we may have and have this fellowship time in the morning? And why in the morning, Gilbert? Remember, we used to discuss this. And I remember when you came up to me and you're like, are you reading in the morning? I said, not really. And you said, why don't you try it? It's going to change your life. And I, I'll tell you now, two years down the line, it has changed my life. Because when I open my eyes in the morning, the first thing I think about is God now. I don't look at my phone because I know that I've done that before. And it can just, you know that pretty well too, that it can just distract you. Sure. It's the first thing I want to think about is God. I want to go and the first thing I want to see is God. The first thing I want to eat is with God. Yeah. And so this time in the morning is so special. This fellowship that we keep stressing and repeating about, even in our grow groups, is not to get you bored, but there's a reason for it. It dictates the rest of your day. Sure. It dictates the rest of your life. And that's why fellowship with the Father in the morning, in his word, is the most important thing you can do before you can carry out the yeah. plan that was called in your life. It's, it's definitely super valuable to start your day, you know, with the first thing you see as the truth of God's word, you know, that determines what your day is going to look like. Not, not the other ideas that you get. I mean, you, you realize that our world these days, like goes at such a fast pace. You know what I mean? If I check my phone, I can scroll through emails. I can scroll through social media. I can scroll through my WhatsApps <laughs> and I can get maybe, you know, 16 different ideas within a minute. You know, that, that crowds your brain and automatically you start seeing like, oh, this happened today. Oh, I have to answer this email. Oh, you know, someone messaged me with some bad news. Boom, boom, boom. It just starts. But that's not what we're supposed to lean on. And that's not how we're supposed to live our lives as, as believers. And that's the whole point of having good company on the inside that, you know, we're not alone. And why, why live our lives as though we were alone? It would be good to... It would so. How about I read, or how about uh, Roy? You help me read the the key scripture for this month, which is Acts chapter four, verse twenty-three. Sure. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Yep, exactly. I wanna I wanna stress it actually in the King James version because it just has a a word that you know. Uh, that we're focusing on this month. So sure, go ahead. It, Acts chapter four, verse 23 in the King James Version says, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said had said unto them. So you see this picture where they were in trouble and they were in difficulty and they went back to their own company. You know, we're talking about having good company. Yeah. And this month we're talking about having, sorry, this week we're talking about having good company on the inside, which is the Holy Spirit on the inside. So this is what we're always meant to do is go back to our company, our own company. You know, we're not supposed to venture out with our ideas, with our thoughts, with, 
with difficulties without um, seeking or, or gathering our strength from our own company. And, and this, is, this is the starting point. So I always want to make sure that we, we leave room for this, which is to share the fundamental gospel message. Roy, what is the gospel? It's the good news. The good news. The good news that Jesus came as a man. He was God. He stripped himself of everything that he was. And he came as a humble man. And he died for me. He bled for me on the cross so that I can be reconciled with the Father. So that I can go from a servant to a son yeah. of the Father. Yeah. And that's... So this is what Jesus did for us because we were disconnected from God. Because through sin, we lost our fellowship, our relationship with God. We, we become separated from him. But initially, we were designed for fellowship. So yes, we if we look back to Genesis 1 uh, in verse 26, let me read that. So Genesis 1 verse 26 says, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So we see here that God designed us in his image and in his likeness because he wanted fellowship, right? He wanted us to have a uh, a working relationship and, and, and a co-laboring relationship with him. So he wanted us to have a life with him. That's what we were designed for. That's true. You know what's amazing since you're there, since you're in Genesis 1, I think the most, I think it's crazy actually, the, the fact that when Eve was deceived by the serpent, he told her, he basically deceived her by telling her that she could be what she already was. Yeah. So he told her that if you eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can be like God. But she was already like God. And I think yeah. that is the greatest deception that ever happened. And so we are, just as you said, like God. We were made in his image. Yes. So how does he bring us back? I mean, I'd mentioned the gospel, but let's just get into it a bit. You know, let's use scripture. Sure. So, I mean, the idea is, so, so you, like you said, like we just both mentioned, we were created in his likeness and his image to live in relationship and fellowship with him. Now, because of that deception, there was a separation between God and man, you know, woman and man, right? And that was the act of sin. And that was the fact that sin came in between them. And God is fully righteous, right? He, he cannot live in the presence of sin. So no, there was a disconnect. And, uh, and since then, already since then, God had this plan to reconcile us back to him because of the great love that he has for us and great love that he had for humanity. He never gave up on us, right? He made a plan for us to be reconciled to him through Jesus. So what Jesus did is that he came to earth and lived as a man. He, 
he walked in this earth like we did with all, all the troubles that, that you know, we face on a daily basis, all of the temptations, and yet he didn't sin. He fulfilled all the law that God gave. And even though that happened, he was un, unjustly, un, you know, wrongly accused and he was judged in our place. And he went to the cross and died. And the Bible tells us that he died with our sins, but he didn't stay dead. He was raised back to life. And when he was raised back to life, the Bible says that we are also raised back to life with him, with him. in a new life with God. So this is God's plan of redemption. This is what he did through Jesus, his only son, that he, he gave us a way back to him. And he put us back in our place as sons and daughters. He put us back in our place as heirs of God. He put us back in our place with our inheritance that he already designed for us so that we can have fellowship with him so that we wouldn't have to live alone anymore and separated from him. And this goes back to our point that we were designed for relationship and fellowship with him. We lost that. But through Jesus, we have that now. And you know what's amazing about what you just said? You know, when you talk about that he died with our sins and that he rose from the dead and that he defeated all the principalities and powers and the devil and everything was put under his feet, all the authority. And you know, the fact that we died with him and we rose with him and everything he did, he did for us, but he accounted it all for us, to us. Yes. So now we walk as if we died like Jesus. We walk yeah. as if we rose like Jesus and we walk with that authority that Jesus has. And he, he did all of this yeah. so that we can be children and heirs of God, just like he was. Yeah. I, I don't think many, many people have taken the time to really let this sink in. It's been accounted to us. Yes. That means we are the ones that he's accredited it to. He didn't have to do that, but he did it for us so that Gilbert can walk and say yes. that, you know what? I have authority just like Jesus did. Yeah. I can walk and I have authority over the devil and I will not accept anything that he brings towards us because we have the authority of Jesus. And this all comes from his love for us. Yeah. Sorry, I said that again, but it just, it's amazing that he did it all so that we can be sons. Yes. And we are heirs to something we didn't deserve. That's right. But because he loved us, even when we were still his enemies. It's just something so beautiful to talk about. It is. It's, it's really precious because even though we were separated and we were born separated, he never gave up on us. Never. You know? How easy would it have been to start over? But he didn't do that. He, he loved us so much and he wanted us back in, into that, in, into fellowship. So in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, uh, John writes this, We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So we see here that there's a picture of, you know, you have fellowship with us. And we all have fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these are two elements of fellowship that are really important for us to keep looking at. And that's why both, you know, the first two parts of this message are good company on the inside, 
and good company on the outside. And, you know, there's a reason why Jesus said that it's good that I leave you. You know, this is towards the end of his ministry. And when he's about to get crucified, he's talking to his disciples and they're upset because they're like, where are you going? We want to go with you. Why Don't leave us. And he says, it's good that I leave it's you better. because I will send you another comforter. I will send you a helper in, in my place. So imagine this, the Holy Spirit who now lives in us because we are born new, right? We're born of the Spirit and the Spirit of God now comes and lives with us and in us. It's better than having Jesus sit in the room with us right now. That's what he said. That's how important it is for us to have an awareness of True. who God is, the fact that God is in us, and the fact that we can have a direct and intimate and personal fellowship with God. Well, let's read that from Romans 8. You know, in Go Church, we always back up our sayings with everything from the Bible. Yeah. So let's read it in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If needed, we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Yeah. How wonderful is that to hear? That's from God speaking to you. Absolutely. And to everyone listening right now. Yeah. You are a joint heir with Jesus. Yeah. Ooh, makes me excited when I hear that. No, it's powerful. It's powerful. You know what? There's also a, a reason for us to, to walk in that fellowship. And I, I want to I wanna take this a step further. And, you know, before we close, I do want to talk about this Bible illustration real quick. Go ahead. About Peter. But before I do that, I want to mention, you know, as Jesus was leaving the earth, he told his disciples, you know, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. At that point, they were born again. They met the resurrected Jesus. They believed in the resurrected Jesus and they were born of the spirit. You know, they received the, the Holy Spirit who came and lived in them. And then he tells them, you know, I'm going to leave, but go into Jerusalem and don't move. Don't go anywhere. Wait until you receive the Holy Spirit wait until you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, right? So this is, uh, this is actually in Acts. Uh, so let me, let me read this. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter one, verse four and five. One, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So until they receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, until they receive the filling of the Holy Spirit, they weren't supposed to go around and do things. Um, you know, Jesus commanded them to wait. And then when they received the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, verse eight talks about when they received the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we need to be aware of this, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, not only being born again, but we need to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit in order to walk in the power of God to accomplish what he wants us to do. So this goes back to our 
purpose and this message that we want everyone to understand that God works through relationships. And unless we have the right fellowships, we can't accomplish the plan of God. But it starts with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in us. And it starts with this infilling of the Holy Spirit where, you know, once we have this baptism in the Holy Spirit and once we can operate from this place of power, then we can go out and accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. And we see that in the life of Peter. I think the Bible is very explicit in that example, what happens when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I think it's, it's, it's you know, what happens is when Peter got accused that he knew Jesus, what's the first thing he said? He was like, who? Who's <laughs> Jesus? I don't know any Jesus. Yeah. And what happened then after he was filled with the Holy Spirit? After- he stood boldly. He spoke, he spoke with such courage and he did not regard any risk to his life. Yeah. He didn't really care. And so it's just amazing. That transformation is amazing, right? I think you could see that in your life and in my life too. Sure. Now we're going to leave this for another time. No, absolutely. But, but before we do, I just want to, I, th- I think this is very funny because, you know, there, there was a point where Peter was, you know, like we said, he denied Jesus, right? And, you know, he was very on and off and he was very bold, but also he had these moments of fear and weakness. And, uh, you know, we can't, we can't really accuse him, but, but you do see the difference when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't waste an opportunity to address crowds and he didn't waste an no, opportunity to, to preach the gospel and to boldly do the work of God. And, you know, every, every time people would come against him, he would say, you know, you tell me what's good for me to do, whether I listen to you or, or I listen to God, to God yes. you know? And there's, there's this really funny uh, way it's worded in, uh, in Acts chapter three, verse uh, 12. So in Acts chapter three, we see that uh, Peter and John walk past a lame man, right? And then there's this miraculous healing that happens. You know, Peter says, you know, what I do have, I'm going to give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you know, stand stand up up and walk. And there's this amazing miracle. And then everyone's staring at him, man, this this is the guy who's been sitting here for years and years begging at the gate. And now he's walking in on his feet. Praise God praising God, jumping around. And then look, verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. This is in the NLT version, the New Living Translation. I think it's so funny because he took every opportunity he could to talk about God, to, you know, share the, to share the gospel, to bring people back into this place. So you see a big difference through the fellowship that you have with God. So when you have fellowship with God, it changes your life. It gives you, you know, a leg of power to stand on. You, you start walking in the power of God. You start walking in the divine reality, you know, uh, in, in John 17, Jesus prays, you know, Lord sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, this is what we can walk in. We can walk in the truth or the reality of what God is doing for us every day when we have fellowship with him. That's just amazing. And I'm sure you want to hear more about this. And if you do, we're going to stop today. We've ran out of time. But there's always time to to talk about this in the grow groups. Yes, there's a lot of time to talk about this in the grow groups. And if no one told you today, we want to tell you that we love you. We love you. Go church family, we love you so much. And we hope to see you next week 
and we are excited to discuss week two with you. Love you all. Have a great night. Bye, guys.